In the following live session recording, Sandra Sarder, trainer and consultant with Opt for Success, Cleveland, Georgia, leads a session entitled, Press the Refresh Button. Have some things in your office management routine become stagnant? Have you been doing things the same way for years? Well, maybe it's time for some changes. Some may be simply cosmetic, while others can be a bit more challenging. The listener will hear some ways to refresh your office and your office management routines. Let's join Sandra now. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, actually what we're going to be talking about in different forms is change. And not just about um, changes that come our way, but some changes that we may may need to make maybe in our office, maybe, and we'll even talk about some in our home, things that we need to do to stay fresh and alive and uh, up to date on what we're doing. Because sometimes we've done the same thing for so long that it's become stagnant. And sometimes we sit in the same office all the time and it becomes stagnant and so it may be some time for some changes so let's just talk a little bit first of all i want to talk about the types of change that we have there are changes that are made without our input or approval both personal and professional and these are the hardest to accept perhaps it's a staff change or a new direction for the church or denomination in our personal life, we face divorce or death or alienation of a loved one. And these changes can make us feel sometimes stale. And yet they may bring a fresh outlook for life that we've never thought about before. Where something good can come out of something that we thought of as bad for, her, for our work, our ministry, or even our life. Then there are changes that are made with our input and approval both personal and professional. We usually leap into those because we're a part of the process and we know we'll continue to be. It might be getting a new printer, um, uh, just several things that you might be getting. And all of that will be great. Uh, perhaps you bought a new house or a new car, but all of that just brings a whole new thing. Um, <clears throat> I know when we bought our last new car, and not a new car, it was a used car when we bought it. But I never had a car with a push button. And so as great as that car was, that was just very intimidating to me to have to think about, you know, pressing that button every time to start it. And, and uh, it just a lot of things to get used to. And then after a few months, it's like uh, I didn't like the fact that I had to carry that great big fob with me everywhere I went. I mean, it was such a different thing from a little key you put in. and and But now you'd have to kill me to get my fob because I can, you know, get in my car so easily. I mean, all I have to do is just have it on my person and open the door. I don't even have to uh, get it out. So, you know... Things come that we really look forward to, but then we do have to make some changes in our life to uh, accommodate them. There are changes that we get excited about because we've waited for something better and it's finally arrived. That, that thing that we've uh, wanted so much. The 
I think about in our personal lives when you see these young parents that are so excited about the baby on the way and everything's going to be so great and everything's going to be so wonderful and three months after the baby's born they're dragging around because they're not getting enough sleep and all this type of thing and they're really quick to tell you that this didn't turn out to be such a fun thing. Love that little bundle of joy but uh, you know, it's not all fun and games. So uh, sometimes we wait for things, but it still brings change. There are changes that we make because they are necessary for our personal well-being. And some of these come more easily than others. It might be the need to lose weight because of health concerns or to change lifestyle for some reason. But again, sometimes that will will cause us to be more refreshed and uh, to look at life different. And uh, then there are changes that we make just because we want to. Thank you very much. Simply because we need a new challenge, we need some new excitement. There's just something that needs refreshing. We just need a change. Then there are the changes that we make, kicking, screaming, clawing, and complaining because we're just too stubborn to admit that it's way too late in coming and we just don't want anything different because we are set in our ways. Now, I know about these for ministry assistants because they tell me things like, don't tell me I need to update the look of my newspaper uh, newsletter. It looks just fine. I've done it this way for years. Uh, who does she think she is trying to tell me how to improve? Name it. Just name something. She doesn't work here. So um, a lot of people just don't want to change just purely because they just don't want to. But we all need to be refreshed from time to time. Now, uh, I'm going to use an acrostic here. Excuse me, my eye is itching for some reason. I'm going to use an acrostic here as we work through these, and I'm going to use the word refresh. I'm just going to take the letters from the word refresh, and we're going to uh, work through some changes uh, that we may need to make. Let's start with the R. R I used re redefine your ministry if necessary. Create an ethical office. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything going on in your office that shouldn't be. I'm just saying that you may need to take a fresh look at an ethical office. So first, we need to understand what ethics is and is not. So let's take the negative first. Ethics is not a guarantee that everyone will get along. In other words, the water will not always remain smooth, even in a sensitive, caring envir environment. And sometimes we think that if everybody was doing what they were supposed to do, then everything would just be perfect. But that's not true. And then uh, ethics is not confidentiality at all costs. It is not. So be careful about what you listen to and what you promise. And ethics is not a separation from stress. Can you imagine that? We, we would love to have a stress-free office, but it, it just isn't going to happen. But let's see what ethics is. 
Ethics is establishing a clear and clean line of accountability, regular, personal, face-to-face, and transparent. Ethics is being true to your promises, especially those made to God. Use wisdom, folks, when making promises. Establishing and maintaining integrity with continual growth. And then it is being ready to confront. That is a that is very hard for some people. Uh, that's not in my personality. I, I don't have problems confronting people. But I do have a problem sometimes confronting people in the proper manner. And so that's what I have to be careful for as far as my ethics are concerned. But sometimes we simply will have to stand up and say, I'm sorry, but this is how I feel. This is, I need for you to listen to me, and I need for you to hear, you know, what I am saying. And it, sometimes it can change things. But most of us feel like it might cost us our job, or it might cost a friendship, or it might cost a marriage, or a, a whole lot of things. But sometimes we simply have to confront. And then secondly, and uh, a lot of people probably would criticize me for doing this, but I just it's something that I've seen that I felt like I just need to address, and that's that we need to dress in a manner that, prof- that uh, conveys professionalism and an interest in your work and the people that you serve. And that means wearing clothes that are appropriate for a church office. I just see far too many ministry assistants now who simply do not dress appropriately for a church office. And uh, I really don't think I have to spend any time on that subject. I really think even people who are dressing inappropriately have to somehow know deep inside that this is not really appropriate for the office. But then when I say that, I go, I don't know. I look around, even in our church, at our church members, some of our Sunday school teachers and some of our uh, leaders in our church, and I think, do they have mirrors in their house? I mean, I would never think of walking out of my house the way they look, and and especially not to church. Um, So I think we just need to be careful. Since I've got some ladies here from Florida, I'll have to tell you just a story that happened many years ago in Florida, and I was uh, teaching some conferences down there, and one of them was appropriate dress for the church office. And so I said, spaghetti strap dresses are not appropriate for the church office. And this was a different time and era from today. I need for y'all to understand that. But at that time, sandals were not appropriate for church offices. That was in a more more formal dress and attire. And neither were bare legs in a church office. They were not, I mean... Those of you who are still working in church office now, if you didn't work years ago, you just don't know you've got it made. And uh, so I said that, and this lady raised her hand, and she said, Did you forget what state you're in? This is Florida. And I just looked at her, and I said, And you have air conditioning. So, I mean, folks, don't start trying to use, you know, 
uh, excuses because we're living in an age where we don't have to dress in these ways. And so I'm concerned about the message that we are sending to our younger women and uh, I just feel that in the church office we need to set a precedent of modesty and if it doesn't start there I don't know I don't know where else to start it so redefine your ministry and then E for is for eliminate and declutter go as paperless as possible now I know it's impossible to go completely paperless but there's a lot of paper that we save and that we do that we don't need. I used to send fear and trepidation through the heart of pastors when I would roll in the 30-gallon garbage can and start clearing out file cabinets. You just, a lot of things you just need to, to get rid of. Uh, don't keep email messages in your mailbox. If you need to keep them, save them into another file. If it's important enough to keep, it's important enough to put it in the file where it belongs. Delete files that are no longer necessary to keep. That's for your computer and for your hard copy files. If, if you don't need them, get rid of them. Remove useless furnishings. I can go in churches and see furniture that is not being used. It's useless. You know why it's useless? It's usually stacked up with stuff that nobody is ever using. So all it really is is like something to keep it off the floor. But uh, remove useless furnishings. And then just simply declutter. Ask yourself, what are the best items to have on my desk right now? What can be eliminated or moved to another location? So get rid of useless items. Piles of pens and pencils. Just exactly how many pens and pencils does one person need on their desk? Now, I know they get, they get walked away with, but it doesn't matter if you've got 30 there or one. If it's going to walk away, it's going to walk away. Uh, you don't need broken or duplicate items. Books, CDs, and DVDs that are no longer relevant or used. Get them out of your office. If they need to be totally gotten rid of, then get rid of them. But maybe they just need to be somewhere besides your office. And then F is for formulate a better attitude. There are two important facts about attitude that we need to remember. And the first one is, is that an attitude is a state of mind influenced by feelings, thought, and action tendencies. And the second is, is that the attitude we send out is usually the attitude we get back. But most of the time we want to say it's somebody else, right? But sometimes... It is ourselves who uh, have the attitude. Always be kind. Look at the problem through other people's eyes. You know, we don't know what's going on in other people's lives. There's a lot of things going on out there. I knew when I worked in an office that every time somebody said to me, Oh, 
a real life person, I knew what kind of day they had had. They'd been de dealing with automated attendance all day long, and they were happy to get, excuse me, a live person. So always be kind. Find solutions by learning the exact issue or problem. Most of the time, what we see in people is not the problem. It is just a cover-up to the problem, uh, or it's uh, something that goes along with the problem, but it's not the problem itself. Learn to anticipate people's behavior and actions and prepare in advance. That is the reason I tell all ministry assistants that you need a door to your office that has a window in it. That is a must. And you need to arrange your desk so that you can see out that door and you can see who is coming at you and be prepared for them. Because you, you know people. You know people and you need to anticipate how to prepare for them. For instance, if you've got somebody that you see coming down the hall and you know this is the person that thinks that he or she can visit with you for two or three hours, what are you going to do? Hide. hide. Well, you may want to hide, but you can't hide. <laughs> but you're going to get up from your desk. You're going to go over to your file cabinet. And you're going to be working at the file cabinet. And you're never going to sit down while they're there. Because as soon as you sit down, what are they going to do? They're going to sit down too. So uh, do be doing something that you can speed up that conversation and get them on out of your office kindly. Pray for those who are difficult. Now I know that's not what we always want to do, but that's what we need to do. Do not hold grudges. Now, we may think it's only church members that hold grudges, but ministry assistants hold grudges too. People who have hurt us or offended us in some way, and we might like to tell ourselves that we don't do that, but it affects us sometimes, and we need to move on. And then we need to stay positive. Now, I found this next little slide, and I thought, you know, this is pretty good for ministry assistants who mostly work in an office with men and attitude. <laughs> Just so you'll kind of know, uh, men would never know how to take that slide. <laughs> But women understand that, okay? And then, the next star is for reorganize your office. And maybe your house as well. Let's start with paperwork. Categorize your paperwork mentally as you receive it into these categories. Do it now. Forward to someone else. A tickler file, a reading file, the file cabinet, or the trash can or recycle bin. And when you keep that in your mind, then you immediately do one of these actions. And don't be afraid of the trash can. I mean, a lot of times that's really where it needs to go. Now, 
Do all of you know what a tickler file is? I don't know. You don't know? No. Okay. All right. The rest of y'all, y'all just follow along with me as I explain this. It never hurts for us to review it anyway. A tickler file is two sets of file folders, and it is designed to tickle your brain to remember things. So you set up two sets of file folders. One is the numbers 1 through 31, and one is the words uh, January through December. And so when things come into your office that you have to do, but you don't have to do them today, then you put them in the appropriate folder of your tickler file. You write it in pencil on the back of it, what date it's going to be. Let's see, uh, y'all be doing ACP soon, won't you? So if you do, uh, let's just say ACPs, you usually, what, ask your church members for that information in, sometime in September? Is that, am I? It's been a long time since I've done this, y'all. Uh, in September. And so you need to come up with a date that you're going to start that ACP process with your church members. And then you write that on the back of it. It's going to be September. Let's just say you're going to start on September the 10th. So where are you going to put that little reminder sheet or whatever, that little thing that came from, from your associational secretary like Jackie? Two weeks out. Where are you going to put it? You, you put September the 10th on the back. So where is it going to go today? Today is August the 25th, uh, 4th, 3rd, something like that. So where are you going to put it? In September. You're going to put it in September, okay? And you're probably going to have a lot of other things already in September. And then on the first working day of September or the last working day of August, you're going you're gonna to take that September file folder and you're going to go through it and you're going to see all the things that you put in there for September and you're going to go by the date. So we said September 10th. So now where are you going to move that piece of paper? To the 10th. To the 10th. And so on the morning of September the 10th or preferably on the afternoon of September 9th if it's a working day, you're going to pull that and you're going to make your to-do list. And then you're going to prioritize your to-do list of what has to be done today. And that's going to be on your to-do list. And so it tickles your mind because you cannot remember all these things that you get. Now, I had a ministry assistant one time that said, well, that's what we have, uh, you know, the reminder system for on our computers. The reminder system on your computer is wonderful, but it won't hold paper. I just, I haven't figured out yet how to put a tickler file inside my computer. So, uh, I suppose you could make a copy of it. And yes. Have you done that? <laughs> I have put the paper in the computer, but I have it reminded. Well, she puts the reminder, so it well, comes up every year. Yes, I put your reminder in. That's good. But what are you going to put on that reminder? If it's a piece of paper that you're holding in your tickler file, you're also going to note paper in tickler file or something like that. And you'll know that that's where it is for you to put your hand on it. So not everything can go in the computer. Now, I used to have people that would hand me little sheets of paper. I don't, did, do y'all ever get little sheets of paper? Mm -hmm. Hand to, you know. Post-it notes today. Yeah, post-it notes, whatever, 
to remind me to, you know, that they wanted me to do something, put something in the newsletter, put, please put this in the newsletter, put this in the bulletin, or this type of thing. And so I knew if I put that little piece of paper in my folder, in my drawer, now you keep those folders in your drawer, in your desk, and I knew if I put that in my folder, it probably wouldn't be there when I went to get it out because it'd fall out in there. And so I would take it and I'd tape it on an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper so it won't fall out of the folder. And so I told myself, this is such a waste of time and a waste of paper and all this type of thing. There's got to be an easier way. So uh, the next time I was in the office supply store, I just went looking through the expansion folders. And y'all, they have expansion folders 1 through 31 and January through December. And so I switched from the folders and I went to expansion folders, and you can, put out, you can just put your little pieces of paper and everything, and they're not going anywhere. They're right in that pocket where they're going to go. So that's my little Sandra tip there of what I used. But that's what we use the tickler file for. You won't get attached to it the first two or three weeks. It'll probably take several months. But then after that, you'll get in the, in the habit of it, and it'll just become second nature to work your tickler file. As much as possible, if it can be done now, do it now. If you can do it in less than five minutes, then go ahead and do it right now and get it off your desk, get it moved out of the way. Can I add something to that that I learned that I do just because of me? Yeah. If I know I'm going to have to touch that again to get information down the road or I have to pull up to do it, I'll take that information and gather it now and have it ready for when this is due so I won't have to go back and redo it again. I try to work ahead of it so I don't have to go back because I don't like wasting my time going back. When I'm done, I'm done. That's right. So Very that's good. That's what I do. Very good. But she had recurring schedules, like work on the budget, like in August. So every year that thing would come up. Budget needs to be in by this day. Budget. So I inherited that every once in a while. I was like, what do I need to do now? What are you reminding me that? <laughs> But it was like yearly recurring yeah. reminder she put on there, and I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I would have forgotten that. After a while, see, it's like, yeah, I'm glad that is there. Uh, let me tell you about forwarding to someone else. Um, I kept a mail file, uh, and a lot of people thought that was a lot of useless work. But I kept a three-ring binder uh, uh, on my uh, table and I on my desk and I had it I had all my columns and everything done on it and my layout you could do it on Excel on your computer if you wanted to I just liked the convenience of having it work of just write it in but when mail or when something came into the office that that I knew was important you know and I had to give it to someone else like it was to the pastor or if it was to the minister of music or something like that and that there was probably some action that needed to be done with that at some future time I logged all of that into my mail log I said I call it a mail log and I kept that mail log and I would I would keep the date of when I got it who I sent it to, and uh, if it came back to me to do something else, then I would make that notation in another column 
the next step I made. Every time I touched that piece of mail because I had to for some reason was notated on my mail log. I had people that saved me. That just seems like a lot of trouble. But that saved me a lot of heartache several times where people, you know, people who don't do their job like to blame it on somebody else. And my pastors, the one, and I've, as I've told y'all, I worked for several, they all knew I kept a mail log. I mean, they, they knew it. And so if anything like that came up, they had just, with the person in the office, they'd just call them in and say, bring your mail log. Sandra, would you come in and bring your mail log? And, and I could tell them where I'd sent it, what I'd done, and then all over, excuses all gone. You, so, are you saying you didn't get it? Or, you know, this type of thing. So, um, I loved my mail log. And that's just, just you know, you don't have to do it. Just kind of a thought to throw out there to you. But the biggest thing is move as much as possible off your desk. Set up project folders. Let me explain to you what I call project folders. Everything that I was working on. I put in a folder, okay? Kept it in my right side desk drawer. And when I had to work on it, I'd just take my folder, lay it out on the desk, and work on it, okay? And when somebody came in, I'd just mark my spot, fold up the folder, and either lay it to the side, or if I knew I wasn't gonna get back to it today, put it back in the drawer. Now, there's two good things for that. You don't lose things. You know, it's all in the folder. The second good thing about it is, is that you have nosy church members. And if you spread things out on your desk, they read it. And if you think that church members cannot read upside down, let me assure you that they can. It's just a talent that's been given to them somewhere along the way. And so no one ever thought about anything about me folding up a folder. It's just what I did. You know, move it out of the way and talk to them. So it served two good purposes for me. Set up a folder system for moving paperwork from you to your supervisor and back to you. And I had them set up that were for immediate attention, priority, active, and reading. And I used colors, and this is what I did. To, I would always think about myself first. Red to me meant immediate. This is now, you know, red flag, red flag, red flag. And for most of my pastors it did, but I always asked them before I made that determination because I did have one pastor that said he needed green because green was go, 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 you know, go, go. He didn't see red. Red to him meant stop. And so he didn't see it the same way. Most of the time it was red, though. They were like me. And so, like, if I had something, let's say a letter they had to sign or something like that that had to be done immediately, as soon as you walk into this office, you need to take care of this, they would find that red folder laying on top of their desk. And they immediately knew there's something in there from Sandra that I got to take care of. And so they'd take care of it. And that was the folder that always came, got carried back right away to me on my desk. It didn't just get laid in their outbox. They brought it back to me. And then they had another color file for priority. This was something that 
uh, I drop in their inbox. It wouldn't mean they had to do it like right this very minute, but you know, there it is. It's right there needing your attention. And then active was just not quite as important as a priority, you know, and it might lay in their inbox for a while and I just put things in it even in their inbox. And then I created a reading file for them. And if you know your pastor well, you pretty much, even if um, something comes in your office, if you've worked with them for a long time, you can scan a magazine or something and you can decide what they need to read. Rather than putting a whole magazine in there, you can tear it out and put it in their reading file. And so they always knew that was something they could get to at a different time. And it just helped paperwork move from one desk to the other. File your documents as you go rather than designating a certain day and time. Now, the filing experts say, you know, set a certain day to file and, you know, do this and do all of that other. Well, on my certain day to file, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. Gonna Somebody's going to die just as sure as shoot. <laughs> right. Yeah, this week we had eight family members lose someone this week. Yeah. Two funerals. Wow. We had to change that. You know, we set up for that luncheon, the meal uh -huh. on Wednesday night. Yeah. So they, they wanted the reception in there Thursday afternoon. And so their Sunday school class guys pulled all the tables from half the room to the other side. We put the wall up. And after the reception, they moved it all back for yesterday. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, all there. Happens is the day and somehow. <laughs> Filing just wasn't important, no. <laughs> you know. That I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. And so for me, I just thought it was so much easier. Just go ahead and file it. I mean, I don't. I'm finished with it. Why would I put it in a folder to hold till Thursday? For goodness sakes, just go ahead and file it. So, set up an alphabetical file to keep many documents out of your file cabinet. So let me tell you what this is. I bought an expansion folder A through Z, and I put it in my side side drawer of my desk. And when I had um, mail or something, let's say that I took some action on, or it required some action, and I did it, or what whatever about it, but it wasn't important enough to file in the file cabinet. I mean, you know, but I did need to hold it just as sort of a, uh, you know, a back up for questions or something like that if somebody didn't get it or if there was a question. I would file that in my alphabetical folder. And what I would do is I would file to the front of that slot. Like if their name started with an A, I would file to the front of the A slot. But I'd always look at the back piece of paper in the A slot, and if it's a year old, and I don't, I don't need it anymore. I've already done something to it. I just chucked that thing. And it was always a revolving folder. And I still pretty much use that now for requests that I get and that, that type of thing. And then that stuff does not go in your file cabinet. File by two categories, active and inactive. And what I mean by this, and I don't care if you do it in separate file cabinets or if you do it in separate drawers in file cabinets, just depending upon how many 
paper files you have. But just don't mix active and inactive in the same drawer in the same folders. Now active are files that you use all the time. You're going through them uh, at least once a once every three months you're doing something in those folders but if you're doing something less frequently then put that in a totally excuse me a totally separate cabinet so that you're not working through all these pieces of paper and things then set up a retention schedule and use it I did not put a retention schedule with your handout if you want one, you can email me and I'll, I will send you one. But the thing I want you to know about retention schedules, I will send you one. You will see that it is several years old. And to my knowledge, it is still the same. I have checked and tried to keep it up to date. But you need to keep up with some of that stuff too, especially if it's legal that type of thing. You need to under you need to be constantly checking to see if you are keeping things long enough or even possibly too long. So our tendency in churches is not the tendency to not keep it long enough. It's the tendency to keep it longer than we need to. So file cabinets. Move files to either inactive or storage as you see the need. Now what I did is I kept, my files were always moving. They, they went from active to inactive to storage. And um, that's just something that keeps your file cabinets lean and clean. You might not be able to do that on a regular basis. Sometimes I could, sometimes I couldn't. But I usually found that January, February were sort of the slow months at, in my office. And that was when I got everything out of inactive files and into storage or discarded or whatever. Your office may not have that luxury, okay? I don't know. I'm just saying that uh, a lot of people, a lot of ministry assistants and especially a lot of pastors think they need more file cabinets. No, you just need to clear out the ones you got is usually the rule, okay? Don't use file cabinets for your storage. I can go in offices, church offices, and I like to do it. Sometimes I do office assessments in churches. And one of the things that I do is I go in and I open their file cabinets because I love to just see what they've got in their file cabinets. And I have found that churches love to put their coffee and their coffee filters in the file cabinet. I have not figured that one out yet. There's but, nowhere else to do, put it. But it's just... been in my room. I've got no... no, no. They are file cabinets. They are not storage cabinets. So work on something else. Refresh that. I'm working on it. Use color-coded files. I love color. I'm a visual person. And uh, so I liked setting up colored files so that I could know in an instant, you know, especially when, you know, pastors take your files out of your cabinets and you could see them on their desk and you could go, okay, that's that missing folder for the children's department or that type of thing. So I liked color-coded files. And then your desk drawers. 
periodically clean your center desk drawers. Now, ladies, this is a must. Remember I told you I've served the most churches. And so I would go into a church, and the first thing that I would do is open the center desk drawer. Oh, the things I have found. So, you know those little Snickers bars right there? And all of those little Hershey's candy bars? I'm telling you, 20 years in a center desk drawer, they are not nice, okay? <laughs> I have found all kinds of things in desk drawers. We just tend, tend to do that. And so, periodically, just go through and just... Wipe everything out of there and clean it out again because somebody like me may come along one day and tell about you. Yeah. There's a lot of things I found I am not bringing up, but y'all get the gist of it, okay? What happens if you have a church that's 150 some years old and they refuse to church out every key that's in your center drawer? Ugh, yeah. Well, I want to throw them out because it might belong to somewhere. Well, could you please tell me where? Well, those keys would go out of my center desk drawer. I'll put all mine in a basket in the cabinet in the back of the office. I, I put them in a flower pot. pot. <laughs> I mean, I have she put them in a flower pot. <laughs> Do you put dirt over them and draw a plant? Actually, I just put, just Good way to put them Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and drainage. Actually, they actually went into the garbage. I've had them in there for three years. I put them in an envelope, and I've marked on the envelope, can't find a spot. I put them, I had a had a flower pot so it stayed underneath my desk and yeah this week I cleaned and <coughs> moved my desk and everything and since for three years nobody's come and get they went to the garbage. Hey. Yeah. So, six months to go for three years. <laughs> three years. Nobody's come and asked for them so. <coughs> At some point in time we asked the question what is the worst thing that could happen to me yes. if I throw this away? And if the answer. I'm going to my keys. That's it. <laughs> so, closets. Closets need periodic purging. I mean, you just need to go through and get those things cleaned out. But you know what? You don't have to do that because you can find a volunteer in the church and get them to come and clean out your closets for you. How about they're the ones that want to hold. You gotta make sure who you ask. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You. What you do is you find you find somebody who's a kind of got an OCD. I don't see any need for this. Out it goes. You know this type of thing. So, uh, but let them do it. Countertops. Keep countertops clear of clutter. Place only things that are used frequently, such as a hole punch, paper cutter, container with pens and pencils and stapler, that type of thing. Keep items such as scissors, tape, paper clips in drawers with easy access. The number one thing you do, clean as you go. Don't leave without putting bits of paper, etc., in the trash and leaving the countertop clear. Don't say, I'll clean it later. You know what's going to happen? 
between the time that you get back, somebody else is going to come in that workroom and they're going to say, well, look what a mess she made. Oh, no, they're going to say, oh, look, I can leave it for them to clean. Well, or that too. That's even worse. Shelves. Shelves are open. Therefore, what is on them can fall out unless you place them correctly. In other words, first, you can't put a big notebook or something that's this wide on a shelf that's this wide, okay? It needs to fit the shelf. Also, since they are open, what is on them is in view. Take that all into consideration as to what you keep on shelves. And do remember that what's on the shelves get dirty as well as the shelves. So when you dust, you take it out and you dust the shelves and you dust what's on the shelves. Storage. Use labels. Do y'all not love that storage room or what? I just think that is the best storage room ever. But use labels and then use storage containers. Now, what's the best kind of containers to do? This, these are beautiful, and I just said I love it. They're labeled really good, but to, you, to me, what would be even better would be clear containers where I can, not only are they labeled, but I can actually see what is in there. Power cords. Yep, that's, oh, no, I don't, that's cool, though. Isn't that cool? Y'all, I had to show this because I think this is the coolest idea in the world, and I go, now, why didn't I think of that? Just plain old uh, bread, bread label, um, whatever you call them, <coughs> and, and put there to keep your power cords marked. General. Group similar items. Make sure your office is functional. Place your desk in the best possible location to see incoming visitors. Uh, if you've got a window, I would even say, if you can, place it where you can see out the window because it's also good to see what's happening outside as well as inside, if you can. Align your desk for easy access. Now, what I mean by that is if your desk has got the arm on it, you know, let's, the L-shaped desk, which most of them do, if it's L-shaped this way and uh, your pastor's office is over here, then that's a difficult thing you have to go around and get to his office. You'd be better off with the L-shape against the wall with easy access. You don't want to have to walk around your arm or your leg, whatever you want to call it, uh, to get out of your desk. So think about that when you uh, set up your desk. Let's talk a second about your house because that spills over into our, if, if we're disorganized at home, then it can cause us issues that end up coming to the office with us. Use a master calendar. The best place is usually in the kitchen and everything, and I do mean everything, should be recorded on that master calendar. 
and you synchronize it with your phones. A lot of people think that just because everybody in the family's got a phone, there's no need for that master calendar. Yes, there is, because that's where you see the bulk of it when you're in your house. Ded dedicate a place for frequently accessed papers like phone directories, takeout menus, schedules, rather than just dropping them on the kitchen counter or hanging them on the refrigerator door. Don't let clutter form. If you haven't used a non-perishable item in a year, give it to someone who will use it. My brother and sister-in-law just moved from their house. They moved in with us for six weeks because their new house, long story there, was not finished and they've just moved into the, the new house, but they lived with us for six weeks. We went down to help them move. We went down thinking that all we were going to do is pack up the things that we had to take for them to our house, to live at our house, while they, you know, got the movers doing the rest of the things. We got down there the day before they had to be out of their house, and they haven't done a thing. Oh. We nearly I killed think ourselves. I, to, I think I'd have to go back home. We are trying to just recover from all of that. But as I started going through their kitchen cabinets and their, you know, pantries and stuff, y'all would not believe what I threw away that was out of date. I mean, I was just toss it, toss it, toss it. And my sister-in-law came through and she said, what are you doing? And I said, it's out of date. It's out of date. It's out of date. But the thing that has fascinated me the most is we, we loaded up. I kept it totally separate from everything else. We had a Tupperware container about that long and about that high that was full, I kid y'all not, of spices. Now, not all kind of different spices. <laughs> the same spices... All of them in date. They're not, well, I threw away the out of dates. These are the end dates. They had some spices that they must have had six bottles of. I'm like, how do you get in this kind of mess six bottles of the same spice? So I said to Roger, what, how do you get there? How do you get in that kind of mess? And he said, well, you're in the grocery store and you say, why don't we have such and such for supper? Well, do we have, and no, I can't remember. Oh, let's buy, we'll just buy one. And so, I mean, most of them were, have been opened. So it's like six bottles of the same spice all have been opened and some used out of it. <sighs> Folks, that is clutter. That is just clutter, clutter. So get rid of this stuff, go through it, check your stuff, and, and, and don't use it. Uh, keep it. Stock food items in the same place. Now you can come in my house and you know where the sugar is, you know where the flour is, you know where my extra sugar is, you know where my extra flour is, you know where my extra canned uh, tomatoes are. I don't keep those in my kitchen pantry, they're in another pantry. I, when I use all of these, I go get what I need from the other pantry and move them, okay? But I know where it all is. I can tell anybody at any time where to go get that item.
So, uh, none of my children are like that, but they love to come to Mama's because when they know Mama will tell them where to go get anything if they need it. My daughter came. I sent her down to get stuff out of my extra pantry, and she came upstairs and she said, well, when the apocalypse comes, I'm coming to Mama's. So, but stock them in the same place where you know where they are. Designate certain cabinets or drawers for certain things. Years and years and years ago, I had a friend that came to our house. First time they came for dinner after we got to know them. She helped me with the dishes after we ate. And she said, where do you want me to put the glass? Where do you want me to put the glasses? And I went, up there where the glasses are. And she said, this is no joke, I promise y'all. You have a specific place for your glasses? And I was like, okay. So I keep one in every cabinet? So I said, yes, don't you? And she said, no, we just put, put it where there's a place for one. And I said, well, then how do you know where to go get a glass when you need it? And she stood there and looked at me like I had said something in a foreign language. So uh, designate certain cabinets. Or it was, that was the first time in my life that I ever thought that if there was anybody in the world that didn't designate, you know, certain places. Use clear storage containers with different color lids. We found out this the hard way with Christmas decorations. You know, we would label them on the top. Then we got red and green so we'd know, you know, well, that only tells you it's Christmas. You still got to write on the top. And then Roger would help me one year and, oops, he didn't put what was on the lid in that container. So let's just take the magic marker and mark through that and write something else there. And it didn't take long for that not to be workable. So we're on clear uh, Tupperware containers now so that I can see what's in my Christmas stuff. And so that's true with other things. Use peel bottles to hold small nails, tack screws, pins, etc. Perfect thing for keeping up with those little items that can get lost. Create a red file. This is a file that includes everything that your family would need to know when you died. Okay? And you need to create that file and you need to keep it in a safe place. Um, you need to keep uh, a, a, a sheet of paper in your safe deposit box that says what's in that red file, okay? But you can keep that red file somewhere safe in your home. If you've got a, a fire safe file cabinet, then put it in there. But let somebody, whoever is going to take care of your affairs, know where it is, know where the sheet of paper is, know where to get the the key to the safe deposit box, that type of thing. But to have that should something happen to you because nobody knows what you've got and don't have when you are gone. So uh, I thought I knew everything my mother had after taking care of her for 15 years and doing her for the last six years, doing all of her 
finances and everything, and I found out after she died that she had a life insurance policy. I thought it was, she always called it a cancer policy. She thought she was paying for a cancer policy. When I called to cancel it, they said, oh no, it's a life insurance policy. So, um, you know, people need to know that. Had I not called to cancel it, then that would have just have gone away, uh, that money that she had been paying into it. So uh, then be sure, though, that you update it as needed because things change. What if you get overwhelmed with paperwork like that? Like, I'm dealing with Take my, it in my husband's strides. papers, and I'm, like, carrying around this, like, portable filing cabinet ball because he's... We just got married in February and found out he has a brain tumor. Oh. And I'm going through all of this, you know, stuff I don't know and stuff I'm just keeping, bills that, you know, I had to close accounts to start over and just trying to, because he doesn't understand everything now, doesn't remember passwords. So oh. I'm just, like, trying to go through, like, paperwork. And right now I'm just stacking it inside of each other, you know, to carry it. Sometimes I work out in homes, you know, I try not to, but sometimes I work out in here. Yeah. But I don't know the best way to, like, Besides clear three tables and start sorting, you know, like, I, I, don't, I get overwhelmed by it. <laughs> I can see it. where you were, would. Yeah. I don't know that I have a, a real answer for you other than that uh, you, you need to... file sounds easy. <laughs> you but, need to start thinking, I would think, more into categories. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what are the... What are the things in the past that you might have to refer to, yeah. but you don't have to use right now? So yeah. those are just things that you put somewhere in a safe place mm -hmm. and, and keep them because you're not doing anything with them. You're just holding okay. on to them in case something comes. And yeah. inside that category, I'd probably try to categorize that into folders so that I could pull it out, you know. And then you will, then I would think you would need to categorize by his medical. Yeah. And then uh, his finances or, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, just break it down into into categories. Things that, that you will be able to put your hands on when you need them, but you don't have to go through them all the time. Yeah. Right. And then just place them, not necessarily... I would say maybe not necessarily all together, but just somewhere in a very safe place. Because um, obviously it's things that should your house burn or something like that, you wouldn't want to lose some of it. Uh, some of it might not be that necessary, but you obviously cannot get all of that in a safe deposit box. I might consider buying a really nice, fireproof file cabinet. Yeah, I have a little one. <laughs> yeah. I think, and that would run you probably, I don't I almost hate to say how much they're running now, but maybe $300. Do y'all think they're more than that now? Three, Depends four? Depends on the size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I mean, even if you just got one, I think one about this size would probably accommodate you. You mm -hmm. might not necessarily need yeah. one. Yeah. But the, the, you want to go by the rating is what you want to go by. Don't okay. just buy a fire safe file cabinet. Okay. Get one that is, I mean, read the credentials on it and get one that's, uh, 
what is it A plus rating? Is that I think it used to be an A plus rating or something like that for fire. But it'll tell how many degrees it will okay. keep everything. Because some things will keep your some things will keep paper from burning, but it won't keep paper from disintegrating. Oh, wow. okay? okay, so that's what you have to be careful for. Gotcha. You want one that will hold it. But I think that might be one of my very first investments if okay. I were you. All and right. then I'd start breaking out my categories in there. Yeah. Because that's what you need. Okay. The first thing that I thought of when you said that being overwhelmed, sometimes if, if you work at this big of a church, maybe finding somebody that has this retired and just likes to organize and yeah. might be able to help you, you know, just start with this is medical, this is bills, this is bank, this is insurance, you know, that way they can take some of that burden of just sorting it and because yeah. I, I need a motivator for me. Yeah. You me come too. to my house, I will clean like there's no tomorrow. But if nobody's there, I will just sit there and piddle <laughs> to, you know, just the basics. I so have, I it's have. having that. I had a big project one time where I had to do a lot of sorting like that, and I bought the, the cardboard like file box, mm -hmm. and I just had one for each category, and I went through all the papers and put it like, you know, financial, whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. And then I could take each box and yeah. file the yeah. paper, mm -hmm. and they're stackable, and you can yeah, that's great. Right. That helped me. Like right now, I kind of have them in files, just with like the doctor's name on it, and all his stuff is in one. But I feel like I don't really need to carry that around with me. But I don't know where to, you know, what to do with it. Like I, I might, I need it eventually, but I don't need it, you know. But there's also, it's like a luggage, but it's like a little file cabinet flips off like accounts. Used to have them oh, when they used yeah. to carry a lot of mm -hmm. papers. Put them in their own wheels. You can carry them. Uh -huh. But it's still sort of like a file cabinet. You can open it up, and that way you wouldn't have to carry it everywhere. Yeah. But you could yeah. pull it like a luggage. Especially if you have to go to the hospital and you need a medical record. You just take that right with you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just to a scanner. Besides, yeah, it's really scanning. Scan. Then they have a digital copy. Yeah, that was yeah, the that's a good idea. Yeah. 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 You yeah. just have a USB and say, you know. Yeah, and a lot yeah. of doctors will do that nowadays. If you you go to them for the first time or something, yeah. you put all your information on them and you tell them this is everything okay. you want. It. Yeah. If not, just go through it. But you know, mm -hmm. either give give it back to me. Just make sure yeah. you have another copy. I've had to do a lot of that because of the legal things with his other with his family that you know yes. they think I gave him the brain tumor. You know, like it's been hell. Oh, and so bless your heart. I've been in the legal offices more than doctors' offices. It seems like the last three months. So I'm trying to keep, I really want to keep everything in order so they can't ever say that I come back and don't either have it or, or I didn't take them there or, you know, like, so I really, I'm trying to be really careful about that. But scanning is a good idea because mm -hmm. then I can easily like pull it and send it to people. And, yeah, you know, there's one yeah. that when you scan it, it will actually file it. It, oh. it does work. Mm -hmm. it, I don't have that. that. <laughs> but I do yeah. have a copier here that scans to my email, then I can sort it off. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. A lot of times, too, for legal purposes, email something. Email it to yourself. Yeah. 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 I was going to say you can snap a picture and email to yourself, and then just put it where you want it. When I'm having like all this, I couldn't even think straight. I'm just like, just let me take a picture of it. I don't even know. I might need that. There's also an app that if you take a picture of it, it'll transfer it to a PDF document mm -hmm. and then you can send in the email and they can print it. 
or oh, if you okay. need to send it to a lawyer, if you need yeah. to send it to, but it'll, it won't be a picture. Sure, it'll be a, a PDF. A PDF, that's okay. good. From like a tip to a PDF. Right. Okay, good idea. Okay. Hope, the, hope it'll help you. Yes, no, that's good. We'll be praying for you too. That's Thank a you. monumental thing. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. E is for energize. Use color. Color has a language. If y'all weren't aware of that, color has a language, and I just put that in there for you. Uh, you know what your favorite color is. Mix some of that in your office somehow because that will give you pleasure and that will energize you. Use plants. And if you're in an office where you don't have windows and, and you can't grow real things, well, you know, the artificial now are really quite nice, you know. Use artwork. Place something attractive at a 90-degree angle from your computer monitor so that you can rest your eyes and enjoy what you're seeing. Just something that you can turn to and just it's something that will rest your eyes. Something pleasant. So. Right now it's my printer. <laughs> I need something more pleasant. You need something more pleasant. If you have a window... Decorate with a pleasing window treatment. Now, I'm not talking about little Priscilla curtains or anything like that. A professional window treatment, but something that looks nice. Connect with positive people throughout each day. And then S is for stay the course. Have a job description that adequate adequately explains the duties of your position and review the job description annually and make any needed revisions. If you've worked somewhere for a year, your job description is probably out of date already. <coughs> Use an organizational calendar. One person should have the responsibility for maintaining the church organizational calendar. Develop a sound financial management system for your office. Use proper telephone etiquette. Keep stocked up on your office supplies. That means lock them up. Yes. Keep things you use every day within easy reach. Establish office management routines and stick to them. Set up clearly defined responsibilities for all staff. Yes, I know. It doesn't happen with the pastors. I get it, but the <laughs> I'm it. I'm it. Keep records updated. Schedule the tedious work 
or work you don't like to do. <laughs> Just have to put it on the calendar get and, and get it done first. Delegate or outsource things that someone else can do to relieve your time for more important duties. Use your electronic devices to maximize communication with staff and members, but keep that use professional. It is not for your personal use throughout the day on a continual basis, and it will take up a lot of time before you know it. Make notes. Do not depend on your memory. Every call that comes in my office date, time, who I talked to, the phone number, all of that. And then I put forwarded to da 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 email or however I gave it to them. So when they come back and said uh, no, I said uh, yeah. Yeah. I kept a phone log too. So. I didn't like them at first. I do now. It helps with a whole lot of stuff. It does. H is for help your team. Be a team player. We had a, a young woman that came in our associational office and worked for a while, and she was not a team player. She never offered to help anybody. If you said anything, it was, that's not my job. And I finally had to sit down with her one day and explain to her that her job was to do what needed to be done. That was her job. But she was one of these that if it wasn't in her job description, she wasn't going to do it. So I had to get her to get out her job description and go all the way to the last page at the bottom and read it to me where it says other duties as assigned. <laughs> we had a nice little conversation about that one. So uh, build relationships. Go the extra mile when necessary. Assist other members of the team when they need it. Know their job and yours so that you can know how and when they need help. I am a huge believer in cross-training if you have multiple staff in an office. Now, obviously, if you're the only one, then that can't be done. I'm sorry? I say you're cross-trained already. Yeah. Well, you know what? The one thing I did do is that I found a very good, in each place, I found a very good volunteer that I could trust and trained a volunteer to do my job. Because sometimes, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. Make every effort to communicate effectively and positively with each member of the team. Accept all team members of your team, warts and all. Don't play favorites. It's hard to do sometimes, but we just need to do that. Okay, so finally, there is a usually a cost to change. Some changes cost nothing but time. Others cost money. If your change is of a personal or spiritual nature, it may cause a loss of friendships or lifestyle. So analyze the cost. 
and ask, are you willing to give up to gain? You must sell the change if others are involved. That means sharing your vision and ideas to those whom you want for allies. Seek input if your plan involves others. Don't skip the prep work. Refreshing something means more than just covering something up. It usually requires some cleaning up. So carefully look at what must be done before you start. If it's personal or spiritual in nature, don't overlook prayer. Change can bring fear. So it's important to view change as a new adventure rather than an upset. Many times this is easier said than done, but when a new adventure enters your life, you immediately begin to gather information and to communicate with those with whom you will share the adventure. We must do that with change. Gather information so that you can make decisions intelligently with each step of the change. Keep healthy relationships strong and build new ones. Stay connected or get connected with other people, especially those who have experienced the change you face. Be flexible. Ask yourself, am I holding on to too much tradition? Now, I know people that want to throw tradition out like baby with the bathwater. I'm not saying that. I think tradition is a great thing. But sometimes we want to hold on to something that's really, I mean, it does, the tradition means nothing. So be ready to say, no, we don't need to do that just because traditionally. Our pastor always tells the story about a church where he served that their tradition was they had this huge King James Bible on the pulpit and wanted him to read his sermon note or, you know, his sermon, uh, his scripture from that Bible. And that's not our pastor by any stretch of the imagination. He's going to read it from his Bible from his chosen translation and it might not be the same translation he used last week because he he loves to study the different translations but if you order him to use a King James version only then that's you're going to be met with a brick wall right quick and so needless to say that did not turn out well because he wanted to change tradition they would not change and uh, so Continue doing good work. Find those things that motivate you. Don't get sloppy. Not with your work or with your appearance. I can't even speak. Remember you're trying to refresh. Be positive. Before we can embrace the way things will be, we may go through a process of grieving and of letting go of the way things used to be. As you work through this stage, remember that you are the master of the joy in your life. You can choose to allow Christ to fill you with that joy or you can choose to struggle alone. I assure you that if you choose to go it alone, 
you will become negative and cynical. So uh, look at things positively. Don't get stuck in what is rather than what can be or what should be. And don't put limitations on yourself. You may have to change some habits. <laughs> Develop a plan. Be very clear and specific. Define the givens. Do I need to go back? Be very clear and specific. Everybody got that one? Define the givens, the things you cannot control, the things you can control, and the things you can negotiate. Sometimes we just have to negotiate some things. And then keep laughing, folks. Keep your sense of humor and stay with people who will laugh with you. And keep your relationship with Christ at the center of your being. Change is fluid. It's like water in a lake or a pond. As long as the water is moving and changing, things are good. Life thrives around it, on it, and under it. But if that water becomes unmoving, unchanging, it becomes stagnant. And that's true with us, with life. Change happens because it simply must. However, folks, even though I titled this, Press the Refresh Button, sometimes it's the pause that refreshes. Do y'all remember the commercial of Coke's? You're too young. Uh, the, it was their longest running Coke thing and I still think occasionally it pops up in little places but the theme was the pause that refreshes now I tried to find that on YouTube I tried to find that commercial because I loved it uh, do y'all remember when they pop a top on a bottle not a can on a bottle and that bottle is just dripping with <laughs> cold water and it makes that sound and then they take that bottle and they pour it into a glass over ice and it goes blah, 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 over that ice. By the time the words come up on the screen, the pause that refreshes, I wanted a Coke so bad I couldn't stand it. Okay, well, I couldn't find it, so I just decided to show y'all some of the commercials, the ads that were there. The pause that refreshes. Well, I want you to think about the pause that refreshes for us as Christians. We need to take time with Christ because it truly is the time that refreshes. It gives us an opportunity to embrace some absolutes. Because even though I've talked about refreshing, and even though I've talked about change, there are some absolutes in Christ. And we have to be willing to stand on this, those we must always be a person of integrity. 
We must live as those who bear the name of Christ. We must always be ethical in all of our relationships. We must always believe the best about people because God made them. We must always remain faithful to Christ and His teachings. We must always believe God and His promises to us. We must always count blessings instead of problems. We must always seek the truth and live by it. And who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus. We must always hope. And we must rejoice in that hope. Because you see, God doesn't want a busy ministry assistant with every skill who is constantly changing to meet some need or desire, though that might be good. But more than anything, he wants a powerful ministry assistant whose life is invested in him. Don't spend your time worrying about change. Spend time with Christ and be changed. And I want you to write at the bottom of your paper, it's always the pause that refreshes. all I have to say to you ladies. So, I hope all of you who are traveling have safe trips home and it's just been an absolute pleasure to meet y'all and spend time with you.